0: Good evening and welcome to our evening message and thank you for joining us. We're in a series now that's titled From Eternity to Eternity and we will be continuing tonight on the subject of the hope of the resurrection. With so much negative going on in the world right now, it's very appropriate to talk about such a positive topic. So let's pray before we begin. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for your love and provision for each and every one of us. Lord, guide us by your spirit. Let us feel your presence and help us to trust in you. Lead us this evening in considering your eternal plan anoint your word to our ears and hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. When I think about the hope of the resurrection, several scripture passages come to mind that are very dear to my heart. I'm going to start in John 14, verses one through three. Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's house. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you, so that you will always be with me where I am. I remember hearing this passage at my father-in-law's funeral. I've spoken before about his life, that he had known God, but drifted away for many years. Then he was diagnosed with inoperable cancer and given a very short time to live. He was so bitter, he would not talk to us when we visited him him at the hospital. Then a minister came and prayed for him, and he was refilled with the Holy Spirit. And the next time we went to see him, he was just completely changed. He was happy, joyful even, and at peace, even though he was dying, he had hope. I saw this dramatic change of attitude and then heard the message preached at his funeral that Jesus was going to prepare a place where we could always be with him. This was a large part of how God got my attention and set me on the path to search to know him. That was 39 years ago. And I still know that feeling of hope that is so, so dear to me. It was new to me then. Tonight, I'd like to explore what else God's word says about the hope of the resurrection. So first, I'd like to go to one of my favorite passages, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. And Paul writes, And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died, so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. We all grieve when we lose a loved one. But Paul is stating that there is hope in the death of a believer that we need not grieve in the same way as unbelievers with no hope. Continuing in verse 14, for since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living When the Lord returns, we'll not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth, will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air then we will be with the Lord forever. What hope we can have in the resurrection? To be with the Lord forever. Lately, I keep telling myself to look for positives. And that really applies here. This is a hope that we can claim no matter what is going on around us here. In verse 18, Paul tells us, So encourage each other with these words. That sounds like hope to me. I go to this passage when I need encouragement, no matter what happens in this life. We can have hope that we will be resurrected and be with the Lord forever. And I thank God for that eternal promise. First Corinthians chapter 15 is another passage concerning the resurrection. So Paul writes, first on the resurrection of Christ, 1 Corinthians 15, one through three. Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then and you still stand firm in it. It is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. So notice Paul says this good news saves us. He continues to elaborate in verse 3. I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the Scriptures said. He was buried. And he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the Scriptures said. And now let's go down to verse 10. And I urge you to go back and read this whole chapter on your own very slowly. So Paul continues in verse 10. But whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favor on me and not without results. For I have worked harder than any of the other apostles, yet it was not I, but God, who was working through me by his grace. So it makes no difference whether I preach or they, meaning the other apostles, preach. For we all preach the same message you have already believed. So back in verse 2, Paul said it is this good news that he preached that saves us. Then in verse 11, he said, we, meaning the apostles, we all preach the same message. There's only one message that saves us. So let's return to 1 Corinthians 15 and see what is said about the resurrection of the dead. So I'm in verse 12. But tell me this, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, Why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless. And your faith is useless. And we apostles would all be lying about God, for we have said that God raised Christ from the grave, but that can't be true if there's no resurrection of the dead. And if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless, and you're still guilty in your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost, and in our hope in Christ, and if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in this world. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection of the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies, because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given a new life. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised, that's the first of the harvest. Then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. We're talking about the hope of the resurrection. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we also will be raised if we belong to him. And now let's see what the Bible says about the resurrection body. So I'm continuing in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 35. But someone may ask, how will the dead be raised? What kind of bodies will they have? What a foolish question. When you put a seed in the ground, it doesn't grow into a plant unless it dies first. And what you put in the ground is not the plant that will grow, but only a bare seed of wheat or whatever you are planting. Then God gives it the new body he wants it to have. A different plant rose from each kind of seed. Similarly, there are different kinds of flesh, one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, and another for fish. There are also bodies in the heavens and bodies on earth. The glory of the heavenly bodies is different from the glory of the earthly bodies. The sun has one kind of glory, while the moon and stars each have another kind. And even the stars differ from each other in their glory. So in verse 42, it says, it's the same way with the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die, but they will be raised to live forever. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. They are buried as natural human bodies, but they will be raised as spiritual bodies. For just as there are natural bodies, there are also spiritual bodies. The scriptures tell us the first man, Adam, became a living person, but the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. What comes first is the natural body, then the spiritual body comes later. Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth, while Christ, the second man, came from heaven. Earthly people are like the earthly man, and heavenly people are like the heavenly man. Just as we are now like the earthly man, we will someday be like the heavenly man. What I'm saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die. And think back to what I read in 1 Thessalonians 4. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Just think about that for a moment. Immortal bodies that will never die. And verse 54. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death and the law gives sin its power but thank god he gives us victory over sin and death through our lord jesus christ what a beautiful plan god has blessed us with he desires that be with him be that we be with him forever in bodies that will never die what hope let us hold on to the hope of the resurrection that is offered to all who belong to Christ. And then Paul concludes with a word of encouragement for us. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. We're talking about the hope of the resurrection tonight because Jesus was raised from the dead, we will also be raised if we belong to him. So how then do we apply this hope to our own lives? The apostles all preached the same good news, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. They also all preached repentance and baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, 38 and 39 says, Peter replied, and remember they all preached the same thing. Each of you must repent for your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. The same message is preached throughout the book of Acts. Repentance is a death to the old life. Baptism is a burial of that life. And receiving the Holy Spirit raises us to a new life. In Romans chapter 8, and this is another good chapter to do a slow read, Romans 8, 11 and 23, Paul wrote, The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, and that's resurrection, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. We need that Spirit. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us, as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. Truly, we're a blessed people. God has a perfect plan that spans all eternity, and he invites us to share in that perfect plan So keep in mind the hope of the resurrection. It's an antidote for discouragement, and we have every reason to rejoice. Aren't you glad you belong to him? And if you've not yet received this good news that Jesus so freely offers, contact us at newarkupc.info to learn more about this hope. Let's pray. We offer all praise to you for your perfect plan, Jesus. The hope of the resurrection, it spans all eternity. Give us the wisdom, the courage, and the direction to follow your leading. Thank you for pouring out your spirit upon us, for the power that comes from you. I ask that you bless each one listening to this message. Draw us all closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. thank you for listening. God bless you and have a good night.